there, welcome to Shoot the Flick. This is Frankie Sparks. And I'm Scott Eisenberg. And we are a married couple who like to shoot the shit about movies. That we do, that we do. And it's time to end video game month. I'm so sad about that. Can you tell by the sound of my voice sadness? You know, I understand, mm-hmm. but... Do you? <laughs> this hasn't been a very fruitful month for movie watching as far as quality. You have to admit that, dear. Well, no, but we've got a good spectrum of the movie genre of video game movies, and we've kind of seen where they've all gone wrong one way or another. And they've they've all gone wrong. This one also went wrong. I know you like this one, but it went wrong somewhere. There are definitely things wrong with this. We're watching Lara Croft Tomb Raider, guys, released in 2001. And as we all know, nothing bad happened in 2001. Nope, nothing. Not a thing. (laughs) No. Nope. (laughs) Everything is fine. Everything's great. Nothing is bad. Everything is awesome. No. I feel like I didn't like anything this month outside of Iron Man, which we already have seen a million times because Marvel, obviously, it's it's good. Everything else so far, <laughs> 2022 has not been a fruitful fucking year so far, okay? And it's all Scott's fault. <laughs> well, it's been a fruitful year for listens because you have been listening and we thank you very much for it. Oh, yes. I mean, you guys have been having a ball, I'm sure. Listening to us talk about Mortal Kombat and fucking Resident Evil. My God. Yes, siree. Yes, siree. And this week also got people recommending this movie. Oh, no. We had movies for real and no more late fees. Oh, guys. Why would you do that? (laughs) Thank you for recommending us to watch Lara Croft's Tomb Raider. Uh, The original. We watched, again, the 2001 one. There was the sequel, which is Cradle of Life. And yeah. then the remake. In 2018, starring Alicia Vikander. And I think there's a sequel in development for that as yes, well. Yes, there is. Because uh, I think it just made enough money for a sequel. Did you, did you ever see the reboot? Yes, no? I saw the reboot. Did you like it? The, okay. The reboot feels the most like the video game. Okay. It actually feels almost like a carbon copy of the video game it is based off of. Because no, okay. this Lara Croft is based off the original Lara Croft Tomb Raider video games, while Alicia Vikander is based off the reboot set of video games. Okay. Yeah, because the video games, from what I understand, the Tomb Raider video game was first released in 96, but it's since kind of had a resurgence of some kind. The latest game came out in 2018, and there's... A new one coming out this year at some point, supposedly. Yeah. The new ones kind of go into more of a survival motif, while the old ones were very much more about kind of like treasure hunting and supernatural shit. Hmm. This one, new ones have supernatural shit too, but the other one you fought like a living dinosaur at one point. Right. I mean, the vibe that I got overall from this movie, the 2001 version was that it was basically a movie studio trying to be Indiana Jones, but not as good and with a hot lady. Like, they used a hot lady, Angelina Jolie, to replace Harrison Ford, who is also hot, but also had, like, you know, charm. I think think Angelina Jolie has charm in this. I I don't think the movie around her is very good. Yes, that's fair. Angelina did a a decent job. She seems like she's having a good time with this role. That's true. She actually, according to my research, she did train for six months in preparation for the film. She studied yoga and kickboxing, and she had weapons training and all that stuff. Although, this was at a point in her career, it was very early on, and she, I feel like a lot of people don't remember that she used to be a very, like, mysterious and weird public figure, at least you know, in the eyes of the media, because she was dating Billy Bob Thornton at the time, and 
she was she I, did a lot of weird shit and there were like drug rumors and stuff like she had to get drug tested during the making of this movie randomly because there were drug rumors around and the studio was just like hey we just want to ensure that you're not off your rocker so can you like take drug tests randomly throughout this production well, but i guess it worked out because they didn't like can her from the movie no i in this movie i think was the reason angelina jolie kind of became like the action heroine of the early 2000s to now oh yeah i mean she got nominated for a lot of like the teen choice awards and the kids choice awards like this was a very big movie with the kiddies which kind of makes sense i mean i don't think it's marketed as like a kids movie but it is um I don't know if silly is the right word. It's it's fantastical. Oh, it definitely is fantastical. It's got that 2000s oh, yeah. sometimes charm, but sometimes just wacky fucking bullshit. Oh, hell yeah. That, you know, it just comes off a little more kitty than usual. Well, the thing is about the character of Lara Croft is she is arguably one of the biggest characters of the 90s for video games. Mm-hmm. Like... Nintendo had Mario, but Sony had kind of like a three-way, like, who's your big Sony character? It was Spyro the Dragon. Ah, I know who that is. Okay. Crash Bandicoot. And that's the, like, fox-looking chunky thing. He's a Bandicoot, yes. Oh, okay. (laughs) I'm dumb. I didn't realize that was, like, an actual animal in the animal kingdom. I thought that was just a funny word they made up. Okay. <laughs> That's okay. Normally normally we would cut out or I would cut out things that make me sound stupid in these shows, but I'm going to keep that in because I don't feel bad for not knowing Bandicoot is a real animal. I'm sorry. I don't feel bad about that. No, it's that. fine. It's okay. It's fine. <laughs> and then our big like important female character in games is Lara Croft. And also she's British. Like in the opening scene of this movie, Angelina has like a whole you know crazy like actiony scene with the cgi robot because again 2001 so we gotta have a cgi something and uh, then she starts talking and i'm like oh she's british yep the accent is like okay like she, i feel like she goes in and out sometimes but like it's really it's fine there's another accent in this movie that is just so egregious like literally it's it's so fine angelina's like i'm fine with it there's another one that's a problem and we're going to get there. <laughs> Scott likes this movie. I feel like, and correct me if I'm wrong, Scott, because I feel like you have enough wherewithal to admit this to yourself that a lot of that is because you grew up with the movie. Oh, of course it is. Okay. Because on Rotten Tomatoes, this movie has a critics rating of 20%. And on fucking letterbox i think it stands at like a 2.5 average rating and i was like hmm i don't know about this <laughs> well the thing is like okay if you compare the three movies we've watched this month okay resident evil yeah is kind of the most bland of the three of them yes mortal Kombat is the most crazy batshit of the three of them that's the only one that i would actually watch again <laughs> but it is the most crazy batshit yes of all of them. yes <laughs> This is kind of middle of that group. It's yeah, it's not, literally a mix of those two things. <laughs> because it's got its goofy shit. Yeah. It's got some fun moments like when she's fucking fighting people on the trapeze. That was literally my favorite scene in the movie. There's a point where all these like SWAT people like break into her house and she fights all of them. That was literally my favorite part of the whole movie. And it's a great part of the movie. But it's also got parts where you're sitting there going like, okay, guys, come on. Yeah, like I, I gave up. I mean, the last 30 to 20 minutes of the movie, I kind of just like, I resigned myself to my what my rating was going to be. And then I kind of just like checked out mentally. And I was like, okay, we know how this is going to end. I'm good. Well, no, like there's like parts where like, oh, she has to go meet this guy and then this guy. And you're like, oh, okay. Yeah, it, it's, it's a problem, I think, with movies like this that they sometimes have where it's like a quest type movie like an indiana jones type ripoff situation you have to go to this place and then this place to get this thing and that thing it can depending on how many times you do it it can get a little fucking boring it can but again i think there's enough charm in this one it may not be good but there's enough charm from angelina jolie 
and even our man we will talk about later with his terrible accent that I kind of forgive it. Mortal Kombat, while we gave a low rating, it's still fun to watch because it's so stupidly crazy. This is just, I think, a it's a decent action flick. It's okay. It, it's okay. I kind of disagree with you on Angelina having enough charm in the movie to make it passable. Like, I think she does okay, but I don't think the character of Laura Croft in this movie has a great deal of personality. I think the personality, for the most part, in the movie rests upon the fact that A, she's hot, B, she has cool outfits and can swing guns around and shit, and C, that she once in a while says, like, a quippy line in a monotone, cool guy voice, and you know, titties. And that's, you know, that's her, and like, that's not a bad thing necessarily. She rocks that, but like, that does not a well-rounded character make. I guess, I guess I can't argue that she's not the most well-rounded character, but again, a lot of action heroes aren't the most well-rounded No, that's true, that's true. A lot of the bad Schwarzenegger movies, a lot of them are just him making quips. Stallone does it too. Right, but th- I mean, I'm not disagreeing with that, but I don't think there. I don't think any of the elements that typically make a good action movie was stand out enough to make it like overall a great movie or anything. Like, like I said, the only good action scene that I really, really liked was the one with her fighting the SWAT team guys in the house because they did a lot of cool stunts and stuff. But like, other than that. I, I think it was pretty forgettable overall. Everything was just kind of average. I think they stay a lot more closer to moments with this character from the games. Because, again, it's based off a PlayStation game. So, you know, you got a lot of jumping around. It's very funny because there is a shower scene in this. And I think that's a direct reference to Lara Croft Tomb Raider 2. Oh, really? Oh, there's a shower scene in that? Well, no. I was just no. I just thought that that was because you know Angelina Jolie. No, oh, it is because Angelina Jolie. Right. <laughs> but a lot of people used to joke back in the day that if you entered a special code in the game's files, Lara Croft would suddenly be naked and you'd be jumping around naked, and that was like a big thing. Oh my god! So they made <laughs> they directly made a reference <sighs> to it at the end of the second game where she's about to go into the shower. Mm-hmm. And then she fucking pulls out the shotgun and goes, Don't you think you've seen enough? Oh, yeah, that's funny. I I found it interesting that just recently, Scott hasn't watched it yet, but recently the uh, Eternals MCU movie came out on Disney+. And I I didn't know it was almost three hours long, (laughs) but I watched it. And, um, yeah, I have feelings about it, and I'm not going to get open that fucking can of worms because we'll be here for fucking three hours. But Angelina, she did fine in it. But what I, I do find it interesting that this movie, like you said, it kind of cemented her as like an action star. And as far as I know, I mean, Angelina for a while, like at least more recently, has been doing you know, more like dramatic stuff and like, you know, but eternal, she does a lot of, like stunt work and fighting and choreography and stuff and she did good so i think you know she's she's still got that spark in her you know well yeah you, well she still has mr and mrs smith yeah but that was like fucking 15 that years well, ago or something salt which i think was 2015 yeah was it that wow okay i didn't i don't know about that wait i might be off salt. a couple of years and also she had salt and she also had the uh, one with the bullet where you spin uh wanted yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, hold on. I'm just going to quickly fact check Scott. Okay, so Salt came out in 2010. Okay. I, I had a feeling it was earlier than 2015. So there. And then uh, Wanted is 2008. Okay, so I okay, I said 2008 for... So she ha- I don't think... I mean, I could be wrong. I'm not going to like go through her whole IMDb right now. But I'm pretty sure, you know, in over the past few movies, like, she's pretty much been doing not a lot of uh, action you know what i mean she's done fucking maleficent movies or whatever that's true like she has you know she those. hasn't been doing a lot of kicking and swinging and d- jumping and shit but in eternals you know i i don't i'm in love with fucking eternals but as far as her stunt work and like 
her character, even though it's grossly underdeveloped like every other character in that movie, it still seemed like an interesting character. So she still got it, is my point. And the year before Lara Croft Tomb Raider, she came out with not only another kick-ass action movie, which I like a lot better than this, Gone in 60 Seconds. Well, yes, okay, yes, Gone in 60 Seconds um, is great. She also won an Oscar for Girl Interrupted, which is weird to me that she went from winning an Oscar <laughs> the year before to this, to fighting CGI robots. But I mean, you know, everyone's got to make a living. Well, look at <laughs> well, since you brought up Gone in 60 Seconds, her co-star right there, Nick Cage went from Oscar to Con Air to That's true, <laughs> but that's Nick Nick Cage is a whole other animal. I I don't even he's like in a different universe than the rest of us, which I love by the way. But anyway, we're getting way off topic. Yeah, the point is this movie was okay. And I laughed at certain things, some unintentional laughs, some intentional laughs. And a lot of the other times I was looking at my phone. Watching this more objectively, I haven't watched this movie analytically <laughs> in about... Well, I've never watched it analytically. <laughs> uh, but legitimately, I haven't watched this movie in probably 12 years. Yeah, well, it came out when you were, like, fucking... Ten. Ten years old, yeah. So, I mean, that's basically... You were the demographic, to be fair, pretty much. So, let's get to, like, the preliminary Michigas before we get into the nitty-gritty. You know how we do here at Shoot the Flick. This movie was directed by a man named Simon West, who directed other films such as Con Air, as yeah. Scott just mentioned, and Expendables 2. I haven't, I've only seen the first one. It's all you really need to see. I, I have no desire to see anymore. But Con Air we love. Yes, we do love Con Air. We actually, I don't know if they listen to us, but we listened to this podcast called Quantum Recast, and they just recently did an episode of, about Con Air. And it's basically, the show's just like, you take a movie from a certain time period and put it in another time period and cast it in that era which is i think a great concept but yeah it reminded me how much i love that movie and i wanted to watch it again but also i i feel i have to mention that simon west also directed something else very iconic and very important to pop culture never gonna give you up never gonna let you down directed the Rick Astley music video for Never Gonna Give You Up, which is kind of hysterical to me, especially considering that, like, it, I, it, I, I so, at, at some point in this movie, when I was sitting there bored out of my skull at certain points, I was like, oh, please, please, oh, please, just, like, cut to <laughs> Rick and Rick Astley dancing and gyrating around. That would have been great. In front of a wall. Like, that's all it is. It's I like mean, it's all you need, Scott. It's really all... Anyone would ever need. This movie was written by a duo. Two gentlemen by the name of Patrick Massett and John Zinman. They are also producers in the biz. This was their first cinematic writing job, but since then they have done mostly television. So... Yeah. Yeah. But this movie did make like a shit ton of money. It like over doubled its budget, which I guess is why it got a sequel. So I, I think, you know, with the kids, it was successful, but probably with critics less successful because, again, not children. And then one more preliminary factoid I feel I must confess because I am, as we've talked about, an Oscars and awards junkie. I enjoy that kind of stuff. I am very much looking forward to the Oscars this year and you know, cramming all of the Oscar movies into my cranium and making my usually wrong predictions about who will win. But this film was nominated for a Stinker's Bad Movie Award, which some might say is the antithesis of the Oscar. It was nominated for Worst Screenplay, grossing more than $100 million. And it lost to Pearl Harbor, which rightfully so, because Pearl Harbor... <laughs> is just egregious it's trash <laughs> it's it's really it's so trashy and terrible but anyway um scott are you yes. ready to get into the nitty and the gritty yes let us get into the nitty gritty we start with laura croft hanging upside down as you do when you're laura croft we get uh as frankie said the fight with the giant robot which it turns out to be a training situation it, i i could be wrong i don't think i have any thing in my notes as far as research but it looked like a mix of 
CGI and like a puppet because there are points where you can tell it's like an actual mechanical thing in the in the scene but it's like not at points where it has to like move a lot there are points when this fucking robot like does you know gyrating and flipping and shit that's for sure CGI but I also think that there were practical oh, effects yeah. in there I could be wrong but I'm pretty sure yeah I'm right I think this is at least a good way to get you hooked into what the movie sure. wants to be sure I, I thought you were going to be like, to get you uh, immediately into the fact that we are in 2001. <laughs> that is also very true. But we, we know what movie we're in because it starts not only with the fucking robot fight and, you know, Lara Croft wielding guns and flipping and shit. But it also, right after that, goes into the aforementioned shower scene where, you know, we see, uh, I mean, there are no titties, obviously, you know, that this is a basically a kid's movie. You got a little side boob, a little side boob. You got a little side boob, you know, just, just a taste, and uh, it's very tasteful, and Angelina Jolie is still fucking hot to this day. So, obviously, she was hot back in 2001. <laughs> it's very interesting, because now this is the second Jolie movie we covered. Is it? Hackers. <gasps> Hackers! I love Hackers so much. <laughs> please oh please if you've never seen hackers if you haven't listened to our review of hackers go back in time and listen to hackers because i i love that movie so much it's 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 also trash but it's good trash and i love it so yes we have this robot fight it's a good little fun time and eventually you know Lara talks and she's supposed to be British. Which I didn't know, like, before watching the movie. When I went back and, like, read the synopsis of the movie, it literally says, like, oh, a British aristocrat, Laura Croft. I'm like, all right. I mean, I guess, is she British in the game, I'm guessing? Yeah, she is British in the game. I mean, that's fine. I mean, like, her accent really, in the beginning, it was really bad. Like, it was noticeably bad. But, like, as you move on, it's really, you kind of get over it. This is also the second movie we've had with a very extravagant mansion, or what's supposed to be an extravagant mansion. Oh, yeah. There used to be a point in the game where you could kind of, like, run around and you'd have this butler who would follow you around constantly, and you could lock the butler in the freezer. Everybody did it. And, like, did he die? No, he just... He's just in the freezer. That's not how life works. If you lock somebody in the freezer, they're either going to break out, like, fucking Jack from The Shining, or they're going to, like, freeze to death. Well, this or they're going to break out like Jack from The Shining and then freeze to death in the snow. Get it? Because, ah. you know, spoiler alert, that's what happens in The Shining. <laughs> but there is a, a butler in this, though. Yes, we do meet her butler and her... Hillary. <laughs> His name is Hillary. Yes, we meet her butler, Hillary, and her tech guy. Neither are really important. No, they're kind of just there. Are they in the game? Uh, the, but the butler is, obviously, but the other guy, the tech guy. No, I don't believe so. Yeah, they they were kind of inconsequential. The the tech guy was basically supposed to be comic relief because at one point he goes along on like a part of the adventure with her and then kind of just disappears until the end. It is it is just kind of there, like whatever. We then cut to where we meet our villain. Oh my god, so obviously the villain. Like, the guy's fucking standing there, right, in front of this, like, tribunal, right, which turns out to be the Illuminati, because that's, a, okay, whatever. <laughs> like, it's kind of weird how, like, that was a thing in this movie, and then, like, later on, years later, it became, like, such a conspiracy theory in real life. But I digress. It's this fucking guy, and he's, like, slimy as fuck, with slick back, black hair, and long black coat and he's just saying evil things that sound vaguely evil and i'm like oh that's the villain i'm guessing and scott's like yeah i'm like what do you have the no. actor's name uh did, yes i do i do because he's somebody so the villain's name and by the way everybody's british right except for one fucking person which we're gonna fucking get to that person but there are like some of the most British sounding names I've ever heard, including for this villain. Yes. The villain's name is Manfred Powell. Manfred Powell. And he is played by Ian Glenn, who played Dr. Isaacs in three of the Resident Evil sequels, which I kind of found funny. He also played Jorah Mormont in Game of Thrones, and he plays Bruce Wayne in the Titans TV show, apparently. Well, he's a guy I've seen in a couple of other places. I don't know where in my head, but he's one of those actors you're like, 
I know that guy. Yeah, he's been in other things. And he's usually playing the bad guy. Well, Bruce Wayne isn't the bad guy. Well, and Jorah Mormont, he worked... I mean, I've only read the books. I've never actually watched Game of Thrones, the show. But Jorah is... He's not a bad guy. He works for Amelia Clark's the Dragon Lady character. I forget her fucking name right now. The, He's the, like secretly in love with her. The mother of dragons. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, that but, lady. Yeah. The lady that sleeps with her nephew or something. The <laughs> So every lady. <laughs> so every single person in the fucking show. I don't know. I haven't read the books in a while and I have not watched the show. But you know what I'm saying? He has that that air about him that he could very easily be like a gruff villainy guy. Yeah. So I get what you're saying. Yes. yes. I'm on board. I'm picking up what you're putting down. Yes. Uh, so Lara is given a mission she doesn't really want to do that's in Egypt. And there is a sand line. Oh, my God. I died. He uh, he was like, did you hear it? Did you hear that line? I'm like, no. What? I can't even hear. What did he say? And then she's like, oh, I don't want to go to Egypt. This, you know, oh, it's all that sand. And he's like, oh, yes, it's, it gets everywhere. <laughs> it gets in all the cracks. And I'm like what and i'm like wait we have to look this up which came out first and i'm like oh Lara croft tomb raider so i was like did george lucas plagiarize fucking Lara croft tomb raider the world may never know i don't like sand it's coarse and rough and irritating and it gets everywhere oh attack of the clones we get our little bit of backstory Lara's father died who you get a couple of flashbacks. It's John Voight. Yes, it is uh, John Voight, who is in real life Angelina Jolie's father, which I thought that was funny. But um, just to put it in perspective, like what a fucking beast John Voight is, which I didn't really fully realize until I did research for this. In the same year as Lara Croft Tomb Raider, he played President Roosevelt in Pearl Harbor. He played the dad in Zoolander. That was also in 2001. And he played journalist Howard Cassell in Ali, which he got a supporting actor nomination at the Oscars. So the man is very busy. Very, very busy. But did the man hunt snakes down in any of those movies? No. This movie is anaconda free, and I felt personally oppressed by that. But I will say in these flashbacks where we kind of get like a little image of um you know her relationship with her father and whatnot i <laughs> i had my first like out loud laugh in the movie because it's basically a flashback of john voight with a pretty hilariously obvious fake mustache and of this little child actress who i feel bad laughing at but i'm going to <laughs> Because she just like he he's showing her uh, a pocket watch with her mother's picture in it and her mother has passed away and he's like, oh, I wish you knew her. She was so beautiful. And he shows the picture and the little girl just goes, mommy, like the most obnoxious mommy. It's like, I can't. Uh, Yes, exactly, though. Like, I I died. I was like, why is that so funny? Like, it's, it's a child missing her dead mother, and I'm laughing. <laughs> I'm a bad person. It was really, it was funny. You had to be there. <laughs> it was oh, so God. funny. But I digress. So we get, like, little, like, glimpses. He starts talking about the planets aligning every 5,000 years, and this leads Laura to, like, waking up and she ends up finding a clock in her walls. Not the Jack Black movie, but... <laughs> no one's going to get that. No one saw that movie. <laughs> Nobody cares. <laughs> uh, but she finds a clock in her wall that turns out to be a secret key. To what? We don't know yet, but it's a secret key. Mm-hmm. I kind of wish they had just gotten to the point quicker, to be honest. Yeah, this this kind of whole part kind of is a little draggy a little like yeah because like and there's really no kind of like fine line between like what's real life and what's fantastical and like do we believe in the fantastical shit or is that just because like in indiana jones just to compare it you know indy was always kind of grounded in reality it had mystical elements but you usually have indy or somebody like indy in a role in the movie to be like oh that's just legend it's so it's silly and then, you know, you find the fucking box and fucking Nazi ghosts come out. 
Because <laughs> that's what happened in the movie. Yeah. But you know what I'm saying? So, yeah, I just kind of wish that the line between reality and fantasy were a little more clear. <laughs> well, that's the thing about a lot of these, because there are quite a few of these characters who kind of are in the knockoffs. You have Lara Croft. You have Nathan Drake. Is the Nathan Drake the Uncharted one? Yes. Oh, okay. So that's going to be the new one with Tom Holland. Yes. And Wahlberg. Yes, Wahlberg, who plays Sully. Wally Wahlberger. Which is interesting because it's making them both younger than the game, which has me a little worried. Oh, but Tom Holland, he's hot right now. Tom you know? Holland's hot he's, right he's now. He's the shit right now. Hansel. So hot right now. Hansel. Not that he, I mean... I hope he stays that way because I actually really like Tom Holland I very do much. Too. He he's having a Chris Pratt moment right now. Yes, you, but you are entering a genre that has not a whole lot of success. Well, that's true. Though it is starting to look better. You have <laughs> Sonic, which was successful. Sonic was successful. That's true. You it's ha- getting a sequel. It's getting a sequel, and I thought it was actually pretty good. I didn't see that because oh. I just couldn't. <laughs> The, you, we have now this Uncharted movie. Uh, I know I'm missing... Oh, Detective Pikachu. Oh, yeah, Detective Pikachu. That worked out. That was fun. Yes, that was fun. And they made they just made a new fucking Resident Evil thing. Yes, they? they did. They, so, I mean, you know, video games, they'll never die. They will never we'll die. They'll never run out of lives in a video game movie. Ah! <laughs> Aren't I funny? Haven't I learned so much from this month? It's like you're Raiden and I'm fucking Luke He's like You're like, I've taught you all you need to know. We're done here. <laughs> oh, great. So, I never have to watch another video game movie again. Except- Thanks, Raiden. Except you will. No. Why? What? What more could I possibly have to take? Oh, uh, you're going to make me watch Sonic at some point, aren't you? Uh, maybe something. Uh, I don't want to. Oh, well. The point is... <laughs> I forgot what the point was. <laughs> uh. Video game movies are usually not great. No, they are They don't have a great rep. I'm sure you've seen the sequel to this. Yes. No. Was this, Was it worse than this? It's a lot more forgettable. Okay, this is pretty forgettable. Yeah, that, that one's even worse. I can't even remember. Like, this one I actually could... If you actually asked me to tell you the plot of this one before this, mm-hmm. I probably could at least give you, like, somewhat, like, boom, 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 Here, are, here's what happens in this movie before we wa- rewatched it again. That one I can't even... I have nothing. Nothing is swirling in my mind. It's a big question mark. The Riddler has been in my head. He's stolen my brain. Oh, well, that's not... I mean, that's not too different... Never mind. I'm not going to say it. I'm not going to make the joke because I'm a good wife. And I love you. And you're so smart. You know why? You know why? You know why you're smart? Because you married me. Yeah, <laughs> there we go. Whoa. So. I'm losing my mind. <laughs> I've had way too much caffeine today. So she brings this key to the auction house to have it looked at. Oh, by by, can we mention who the guy is? Yes, we can mention. He's a totally unimportant character that's gonna disappear in like ten minutes. But she has the fucking clock thing looked at by a guy named Doctor Wilson or something like that. And Wilson is played by Leslie Phillips, who voiced the Sorting Hat ah, in Harry Potter. Indeed, we do have a funny moment here where Laura almost buys like a two million dollar artifact. She's like, yeah, that that was kind of cute. But this is also where we meet our other main character. Fuck my life. <laughs> it was so bad, you guys. Oh, my God. Quite a few years before he was James Bond. Five years, exactly. We get an American Daniel Craig. I have no problem with actors doing accents, right? This is, this is a, you know, part of the trade. It's, it's part of the biz, you see. That's fine, but his American accent throughout the whole movie, right? It sounds like a parody. It sounds like a British person doing an accent making fun of American people, which I'm not personally insulted by. I actually found it really funny. (laughs) It was the only thing I genuinely laughed at pretty much throughout most of the movie. He was talking to Angelina Jolie, 
and you know kind of sort of flirting and like it's very obvious that they used to fuck and they're doing that whole shtick that's fine cool beans whatever they're both hot but like it, the irony wasn't lost on me that like she's american doing a british accent a you know pretty decent one it's fine and then we have daniel craig who's very obviously british and everybody else in this fucking movie is british and he's doing an Amer- why 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 just make him british why does it have to be american I don't was know. alex west because that's his character's name. Is he in the games? I don't remember. I don't think so. Even if he was and he's supposed to be American, that's okay. Who cares? Just make him British. He doesn't do American accent well. I don't think... I'm sure he's done other movies where he does American accent. I know in Knives Out he did a Southern accent. And that was really over the top, but like it was supposed to be. So that's fine. And I was trying to fucking discern what was bad about it i think it's like i said he's trying to do like a parody new york kind of accent almost at times especially when he's yelling he does a over the top like ah get out of here come on like that kind of thing come on guys get up here give me a hand here i want them all down take them carry them across the ladders come on guys let's hustle also, throughout the entire movie when he's doing his American accent, he raises his register for some reason. I feel like that's been an issue before. We've talked about somebody else doing an accent and like the register changes and it just doesn't sound right coming out of his mouth. That's true. It's jarring. <laughs> so she eventually gets told, oh, she should meet this guy, Manfred Powell. Manfred Powell. Uh, and then and then she gets introduced to his assistant. You know what his fucking name is? Mr. Pims. Excuse me, I'm Manfred Powell's associate, Mr. Pims. It's like Jesus Christ. Like we get it, everybody's British. Yes, everybody's British. <laughs> They're very proper. No, would you like a spot of tea, dear? Would you like some spotted dick? No, sir. I prefer my dick unspotted. <laughs> Oh my god, I'm not going to sleep tonight. Too much caffeine. Oh god. So, Manfred Powell does his whole, oh, this is very interesting. Uh. Yes, I'm, I, I think it's nothing to worry about Lady Croft because, you know, she's like an aristocrat with a big fucking mansion. So she's a Lady Croft. And... <laughs> <laughs> and he goes, uh, oh, I wouldn't worry about it. And uh, then she goes back to her big mansion and she tells like her manservants or whatever, like, oh, he's a liar. There's something wrong with Mr. Powell. And then, you know, they're like, okay, well, nighty night, Lady Croft. We'll be going to bed now and we'll leave you here in the living room to jump around on your fancy flying trapeze. Oh. <laughs> like, because you're rich and you have a trapeze in your living room. Okay. What it's like to have money. So, yes, this leads to... The best scene in the movie. Uh, SWAT team breaks into the house, and Laura just basically starts killing people on the trapeze. Which was fun, and it led to like some unique choreography and fuckery. Although I didn't understand at first what was happening, like the SWAT team was surging in on the house. I'm like, what? Why? What's happening? Uh, Scott told me like, oh, Manfred Powell sent these people to, you know, get the clock and fuck laura croft up and i'm like but, but why how <laughs> how do you get a whole fucking swat team and he's like illuminati bitch i'm like oh <laughs> right 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 yeah they, they they kind of were mentioned and then like kind of forgotten about so some inventive kills uh she can't get her guns so she starts shooting people with an air gun with screwdrivers which was fun I liked also the one where she kills one guy and he's like in the trapeze. So when he when she kills him, he like swirls down like a fucking like Cirque du Soleil situation. That was kind of fun. But eventually the SWAT team does get the clock. Yeah, the, the bad guys get what they came for and they piece the fuck out. But I did also want to mention like every other video game movie we've talked about so far the soundtrack is quite a character in itself. The EDM in this fucking soundtrack is very loud and very in your face. It's nothing special. It's just, you know, it's very present. <laughs> it's very present. It's very loud. I think it's just of the time, though. Like, that was a thing to do in action movies, particularly. Well, yeah. You, you gotta think about with Mortal Kombat 2 Resident Evil, because this falls in the middle of those two, we're talking about six years of time. And also, in those six years, a pretty fucking life-changing movie came out called The Matrix. (laughs) 
which also had quite the soundtrack and quite the fucking, you know, choreography and stuff. So that, you know, that all kind of falls into place. Well, you had The Matrix, you had Fight Club, you had a boom in CGI. Like, there's a lot in that six-year span that everyone's like, oh, we got to do all this all the time. Mm -hmm. So, like, the late 90s to the early 2000s is like a graveyard of a lot of shitty fucking movies. It kind of makes you think, though, because, like, movies today that use uh, a heaping helping of CGI, part of me wonders if, like, there's going to be a time when we look back on movies now and think that that looks like shit. You know what I mean? Oh, there will be. Yeah. I feel like when you experiment with a technology, especially early on, a lot of it kind of, you're like, we clearly aren't ready yet. Yeah, you take you run the risk of having it be dated. That's why I feel like, for the most part, unless you're in a situation like, you know, I mean, still haven't seen it yet, but I would assume in a situation like Spider-Man No Way Home, where, like, you can't really have all of that going on without some CGI in the mix. Of course. Or, like, you know, one of those disaster movies where you have, like, fucking Earth crumbling and shit. But, like, less a lot of the times is more. If you don't need to use CGI... Maybe don't, because <laughs> you know if it's too much and it's too fucked up, it'll be distractingly bad. But you know, so as we were saying, to get back to the movie, yeah, we we got off track there again, kids. Sorry about that. It's okay. Laura gets a letter from her dead father, which tells her where to go. Basically, yes, it's it's very Doc Brown from Back to the Future Part Three, where like he's he, in the past wrote a letter to send it to his daughter at a later date, which. It didn't make sense to me, but Scott kind of gave a decent explanation for it. She opens up the letter and it's basically like a riddle leading her to a clue to another letter. And I'm like, why would he just fucking send his daughter a clue, like a fucking rhyming riddle to sell? Like, why wouldn't he just write, okay, go here and get this, then go and get this? Why would he do that? And I, I basically said, well... The first thing I said was there are puzzles in the game, so puzzle thing. But also, if the letter got intercepted, you couldn't discern it unless you could actually figure out what the riddle was. That was a fair explanation. Because basically, later on in the movie, you find out that the dad was working with the Illuminati, but then realized it was evil. So he tried to get out, and they fucking, you know, killed him for his trouble. So he knew that there were bad people out there that would want their to get their hands on this whatever the fuck it is they fed him to anacondas i mean anaconda man (laughs) i'm anaconda never look in the eyes of those you kill they will haunt you forever i know so laura has to travel to cambodia where she gets a free ride in her jeep that gets parachuted by the army and uh, she finds out Alex and Mr. Powell are working together. <gasps> but it is kind of funny, like, when in that scene, fucking Daniel Craig and his stupid ass acts, I couldn't hold it in. It was I was just hysterical. Because, again, especially when he's yelling, because all these people are, like, working on this job site to try and uncover whatever the fuck it is they're looking for. And, like, he's just screaming at these people, come on, guys, let's go, let's do this thing. And it's just so obvious, like, a joke. Like, I couldn't get over it. So Lara does eventually break in, and they have to figure out this puzzle Lara figures out the puzzle. All the statues come alive and start killing people. But of course, Lara, Mr. Powell, Mr. Pym, and Alex West make it out alive. But Lara gets away with the half a triangle because it turns out if you take these two pieces of triangle and unite them together, you can control time. Yeah, in John Voight's letter to Angelina Jolie... He explains, like, the whole lore of this thing. Like, oh, the ancient so-and-sos, they had these two pieces of triangle and they wanted to keep them separate because together they could destroy the world or whatever. So they buried one on one side of the earth and the other one on the other side. And mind you, throughout this whole reading of the letter, you see Angelina Jolie reading it and, like, you know, you hear the 
father's voice in her head and then randomly a couple of times throughout the letter you it fades in on john voight's face on the other side of the screen like a fucking music video or something and with his fake ass mustache just looking directly into the camera saying the fucking words in the letter it was a little jarring and silly yeah. I was laughing at that as well. That was an odd choice. <laughs> it was. And as Laura is getting away with her half of the triangle, of course, Daniel Craig pulls a gun on there and goes, Laura! What are you doing? Give it up! <laughs> yeah. It's so bad! Give it up! And Laura just goes, you won't shoot me, and jumps off a waterfall. She Pocahontas the shit out of that waterfall. <laughs> but oh my god, too, there's the line... The fucking bad guy, right? They're in the fucking cave of wonders or whatever the fuck it is. And he's like this. He's like, what we're looking for exists in space and time. And I'm like, yeah, bitch. Everything does. Everything exists in space and time. That's not a fucking miraculous statement. That's what I mean about like making your lines between reality and fantasy very real and distinct because you're just saying shit that sounds mystical but it's actually just like facts (laughs) hashtag facts well yeah she even has a good little line there where she goes i need you to get the artifact so i can steal it from you later so eventually laura calls our bad guy and they make a deal they're gonna help each other out and laura joins the team as they go to the antarctic to go find the other piece of the triangle. Well, first they went to Russia and got the doggies. Yes, they did get the doggies. They went to Siberia, yeah. I think. And that's where the fucking like, uh, tech guy comes in. And, you know, he helps uh, Angelina for like the five minutes that they're in Russia or whatever. And he's literally only there for the joke. So he could go up to the like native people and be like, we pay you money for doggies. Yes. Like, and it's so stupid. I don't understand why he was even there. And then we also have like a shower scene with Daniel Craig. Oh yes. We do have a shower scene with Daniel Craig. Yeah. Which was very nice. I mean, again, he hasn't, you know, he hasn't bonded up yet. If you know what I mean. He still looks good. He does look good, but like, you know, Casino Royale, Daniel Craig can get it. Just, just putting it out there. But, just saying but anywho i digress once again um in that scene it's interesting because like you get more of his interaction with laura she kind of like tricks him into getting out of the shower because he hears a noise or whatever and then when he comes back she wrote traitor on his shower door and he's like oh god and then he turns around and she's just sitting there (laughs) and he's like so you're really in it for the money aren't you alex and he's like yeah i'm in it for the money like just the accents I can't. I have I mentioned the accents enough times. Anyway, well, th- there's a moment where she's like, where she kind of like just toys with him and then like walks away. Oh like, yeah, cause he naked. But <laughs> <laughs> as she walks away, he goes, "Great, now I need to get into a cold shower." <laughs> yeah, you know it's weird because, and maybe I missed something because again, towards the like last third of this movie, I was kind of in and out, but like. They have these interactions, Daniel Craig and Angelina Jolie, and they're basically fueled only by, like, sexual tension. Like, there doesn't really seem to be a lot of, like, romantical feelings between them. Oh, know? no, it's it's completely fucking. It's completely sexual. So, I don't really understand, because, spoiler alert, by the end of the movie, Daniel Craig's a good guy now, and he's on Angelina's side, and it's like, why? Like, that was unclear to me. Well, I think... Because was it just for the pussy? Like No, I, I think what they do mention at the auction house is they used to be partners together as like Tomb Raiders and maybe she did love him at one point, kind of. It's kind of like the tension there. But he, again, decided money was more important. Mm-hmm. So he sold whatever artifact they were looking for at the time and she felt betrayed by that. And, right. And you know blah, blah blah henceforth why we are here so she does care about him right but why did he that still doesn't explain why he turned to the good side other than well, pussy well he doesn't really turn to the good side we'll get there he doesn't really turn to the good side kind of just is thrusted upon him okay I'm going to let you kind of explain that away. Maybe it'll make sense to me. Okay. So we finally get to another cave with this giant planetary 
doohickey. Doohickey, yeah. We'll go with doohickey. <laughs> Let's just call it a doohickey and get on with our day because that's what everything is in this movie. It's a doohickey in a cave. Yes. The only difference in this one is that there are doggies that are barking and Leia got very excited. But then I thought the doggie died <laughs> for a second in the movie. I was like, oh my God. No, there's this like time fork text thing that like can show like the insides of things. And I didn't you... like that. No, it, it, it was really weird. It really, and it has no bearing on the actual fucking except, movie. Except at like one point where, whatever, we'll get there. She finds the other piece of the triangle. It's like, oh my God. Uh, she gives it to the, the Illuminati guys who are like, it's just the head of the Illuminati who we met once before. Get shot by Mr. Powell because he's like, I'm going to be in charge. Manfred Powell, I will be a god because that's basically how he quote unquote convinces Angelina Jolie to come on this mission with him and join his evil side. You know, he's like, oh, I know how much you loved your father and the, the owner of this triangle of life can manipulate time and you can go back in time and see your father again. And you can change things. Okay, I'm like, oh my god, okay. I don't care. So <laughs> I don't care enough. So basically, he can't unite the triangle. And he's like, oh, Laura is kind of sitting with Alex. <laughs> and like kind of smirking. And he goes, oh, this is funny to you. You've probably figured this out. So he takes a knife and throws it into Alex. Well, Alex, right before that, is like, oh, is something wrong, Powell? And it's like, oh, wait, is he, like, on her side? That's why I thought it was going to be like, oh, they met secretly and he agreed to help her or No, something. I think it was more he was just being kind of a smartass. Well. Which. With that accent, how could you not be? Yeah, so uh, <laughs> he goes, okay, Lara, you got to tell me how to do this because... If not, Alex is just going to stay dead. Right, right. If you don't tell me how to work this crazy thing, then, you know, your boyfriend's going to die. <laughs> Which, you know, if she wasn't working with him and she thought he was a fucking scumbag, then like, okay, bye. Well, I don't think, again, I think it's supposed to illustrate that she does care about him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, again, not great. That James Bond dick. What can you do? Exactly. With the offensive New York accent, maybe? She's like sexy times five plus a boobies. Carry the bone equals yum a dum dum. <laughs> Where are you from? I move around a lot. I don't know if it's meant to be New York or just general American parody. I don't know, but it's funny either way. <laughs> and it's a, If it's a parody accent, which it sounds like it is, it does its job. He's Alex West from the West. Oh, oh god anyway okay so this is where i checked out mentally so she figures it out puts it together it explodes there's this weird like oh we're running at the timepiece. the person who gets it between powell and Lara croft can't control time Lara, of course grabs it before powell goes back sees her father which was a sweet scene, I guess. But by that point, A, I was, again, kind of checked out. But B, it, up to this point, Laura's character really hasn't been all that compelling. So, like, you know, the conne the connection with her father is by far the most compelling thing about her. But once she gets there with her dad, you're kind of just not... It's, you, there's not enough there to make you really feel it. And also, John Voight's mustache is just very distracting it's literally like a broom on his face it's just too much for me but you know it's fine That's it's fine so he basically convinces her no you have to set things right and destroy the piece i can't go with you blah 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 timey wimey wibbly wobbly yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. shit so she cuts back to right before alex gets stabbed flips the knife in time the knife goes stabs powell in the chest she shoots and destroys the triangle and it's like okay it's time to leave now and then of course shit starts getting real powell goes lara i killed your father <laughs> i killed your father simba so now we must have a fight and lara basically comes up to him and they go into a fist fight you killed my father Prepare to die. <laughs> I get it, because that's from a much better movie. Fist fight, all the good stuff. Eventually, Lara wins and kills him. Yay! Again, didn't even... I was like... I, I remember looking up at one point, seeing them fighting. I'm like, okay, she's going to kill him. Good, yay, wonderful. 
now Lara must escape this collapsing cave. But the dog sled is broken. <gasps> but the ah! dogs are still there. Doggy. So she just basically skis with the dogs. I didn't. I didn't see that. What do you mean she skis with the dogs? The dogs are running, so she's just basically holds on like as if she was the sled, and just kind of skates on her feet. Oh, so she. Oh, okay. I see. So basically, she's like on a water ski, and the dogs are the boat. Yes. Okay. I'm. I'm not on board, but like I understand what you're saying. Oh, when are we gonna watch a good movie in this fucking show? <laughs> Well, it ain't gonna be next week. No, well, uh, we'll get there. Uh, well, it's okay. But again, well, no. Uh, anyway, so the movie ends with Laura going back to her big ass mansion with her manservants, and they're like, "Haha, we've got a surprise for you. We fixed the robot so you can beat its ass again." And the fucking, uh, you know, butler guy, he pulls out a silver platter, as you do when you're a British butler. And there's two guns on it. And then there's a freeze frame with Angelina Jolie pointing two guns out off camera. And it's, that's, that's the movie. That is Lara Croft Tomb Raider. Mm. So, Frankie. Yep. What did you rate Lara I Croft? I rated it a two and a half. <laughs> so aggressive. I rated, here's the T. I was stuck between a two and a half and a three because there were parts of this movie I liked and there were parts I didn't like, but I ultimately decided that there was more I didn't like than what I did like. I, I liked some of the fight scenes. I liked Angelina Jolie, but I didn't like anything else. <laughs> so that, that was my decision. Two and a half. And video game month sucked. <laughs> the only highlight was watching Christopher Lambert play the Asian God of Thunder. And that should tell you how this experiment went for me. So, yes, uh, I have. <laughs> <laughs> was that expressed clearly enough, dear? I believe so. Great. <laughs> so I gave this a three out of five. It's goofy. It's cheesy. I enjoy Angelina Jolie. Who doesn't? That's very true. So why did you give it a three out of five? So again, it's cheesy. It's goofy. I enjoy Angelina Jolie. I, I feel like it understands kind of what this is. It's it's just like a middle of the road action flick in the early 2000s. Analytically, honestly, it's probably like more of a two and a half. I have a little bit of rose tinted glasses. I understand. Yeah, that's that's fair. There are certainly movies that I have nostalgic love for that maybe aren't as good as I think they are. Will I ever probably watch it again? Probably not. I won't. Unless it's on like Spike TV randomly, which I does still happen. I'll read a book. Does Spike TV even exist anymore? I feel like it's Paramount now. Yeah, or something. whatever. Whatever the fuck it is. Anyway, next week. Good news slash bad news, everyone. We are continuing with our MCU monthly series. Yay! But we're watching The Incredible Hulk. No! No! Edward Norton, no. That's what we're doing next week. And then, as I mentioned way back before Video Game Month started, I'm also going to be doing a month of things in February. Um, that that's gonna be my domain the month of February the month of love huh huh Scott Scott's not feeling this but it's gonna be fine I will tell you guys my theme for February after our episode next week I'm very excited about it Scott's less excited but I think I'm gonna have a more successful foray into this month-long extravaganza situation than Scott did. I'm just putting my money on that right now. You can also blame the people who suggested the games they chose. Well, see, dear, um, I our could fans. do that. You can blame our fans. No, I'm not going to blame our fans. Our fans want to see us tortured, you know, because that, that brings the yucks. But you have primary you you are the king of this castle. You could you could veto anything you want, but you didn't. You just you just wanted to see me suffer. That's what you did. 
But anyway, I'm just kidding. Um, well, not about the, the video game movies. They, they were bad. But <laughs> we, we have fun here on Shoot the Flick, whether we see a good movie or a bad movie, because we are lovers of the cinema. And uh, with that being said, this has been Shoot the Flick. I am Frankie Spox. And I am Scott Eisenberg. Make sure you check us out on Instagram and Twitter at ShootTheFlick. And check out our weekly episodes every single Wednesday on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and iHeartRadio, and pretty much anywhere else you can find a podcast. And make sure you come back next week for our hulked up, super duper green movie adventure. I'm going to go take a cold shower. Go grab yourself a video game controller and get going. Uh.